Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Good things come to those who wait. That's what I've titled this message. Good things come to those who wait. There was a band years ago, a Christian band. You might have heard of them. They were called Petra. Anybody remember Petra? Mm-hmm. They had a song called More Power To You. And one of the lines in that song, I like the way um, uh, Bob Hartman, he was a great lyricist, real theologian in his writing. And he said, uh, good things come to them that wait, not to those who hesitate. So hurry up and wait on the Lord. <laughs> We're going to find in this, in this passage and a couple other passages today, the, what you find or what benefit there is in waiting on the Lord and what waiting on the Lord looks like. There's a uh, visitor at a mental hospital and he uh, asked the director what the criteria was for determining whether or not a patient um, should be institutionalized. And so the, the, doc, the director said, well, we, we fill up a bathtub and then we offer a teaspoon, a teacup, and a bucket to the patient and ask him or her to empty the bathtub. Oh, I understand, said the visitor. So a normal person would use the bucket because it's bigger and can, uh, than the spoon or the teacup. No, said the director, a normal person would just pull the drain plug. So where do you want your bed, by the window or by the door? <laughs> Let's read Isaiah 40, verse 28, beginning in verse 28. And it says, have you not known... Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? God don't get tired. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. What a benefit there is. Those who do what? Wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord, for this great church. I am continually amazed that I get to pastor the best church in the area. I thank you, Father God, for this moment where we are sitting at your feet, the feet of your word. And I thank you right now that you would grant to your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Lord, we thank you what your word does, that you have gifted us with these words of life today. And so, Lord, we, we set our hearts, our minds, our ears to hear, and our hearts to understand what you have to say to us, because your word is life to those who find it and health to all of our flesh. We thank you, Lord, that the counsel of the Lord stands forever. And your word is the relevant message for every area of our lives. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. At this time that Isaiah is writing this, uh, the people of Israel have been forced into exile, called the Babylonian exile. They've been forced from their homes. They've, they saw their temple uh, get laid to waste. And now they're refugees from the very land that God had promised them years before. These, this is a people who feels weak and powerless because they are in captivity. They thought that God had forgotten them. They wondered if God still loved them. They're feeling hopeless. They're feeling insecure. And so Isaiah sends them this message. And he knew that what they needed to do more than anything was to remember God was to remember that he's always with them and that he loves them more than they could ever imagine. And if they would just simply take a moment to lift up their eyes to heaven and to look to him, if they could remember the God that created everything, he knows the number of stars there are and the names of those stars, that this same creator, God, loves them. And that if they could remember this, then maybe they would regain their right perspective. They would have hope. They would find strength. You might have come here today feeling a little discouraged, beaten down maybe by life. Life tends to do that, doesn't it? And the problems you're facing right now, it might seem like there's no end to the struggle. You might be on the verge of giving up hope for any true healing to take place in your life. Or maybe the wrong choices of your past are more than you can deal with. Maybe you're here feeling alone and powerless, but I have really good news for you today. Whatever challenges or problems that you are facing right now, whatever troubles that we're seeing in the world today, whoever gets elected, it doesn't matter. Because God is on your side. And every day there's a new beginning for you in him. His mercies, the Bible says, are new every morning. Why? Because God has new things. Because he wants you looking forward. He doesn't want you to stay where you are. That's not his plan. He knows the way because he is the way. Hmm? The way to joy, the way to peace, the way through your trouble. The Bible says God is a very present help in times of trouble and in times of need. Remember, he's on your side today. Turn to somebody and tell them he's on your side. Remind them that. You hear it, but keep hearing it. He's on your side. Right now, he's on your side. In your moment, right now, he's on your side. In your trouble, God is on your side. Amen. He's able and he's willing to make all things work together for good to you who love him. I want you to take your Bible now and go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30, this is, a, this is right in the life of David. This is before he's taken the throne in Israel. And David um, has been really running for his life for many years because his king has turned on him. And Saul is after David. And uh, so David decides he's going to flee to this city called Ziklag. Isn't that a great name? If you need a, a name to name your child. I highly recommend Ziklag. Ziklag is a city in 
amongst the Philistines, one of the uh, Philistine cities. And David had fled to a place called Gath uh, to the king there. Do you remember? I mean, it's strange that he would go to Gath. That's where Goliath was from. Israel's most formidable foe being the Philistines at this time, and Goliath definitely being what he was. And David killed him. So David flees to Gath to just hoping that, that Saul would no longer pursue him, knowing that he was in Philistine territory, and it worked. Saul stopped following him. I mean, he's, like I said, he's been running for years, and now here he is amongst all of his foes. And so this time comes, uh, David and his, and his men, they would go out on these raids, and they would raid people like the Amalekites, you know, the, some of the, the Israel's number one enemies, right? The Amalekites were one of them, especially of old with, with uh, Moses and, and uh, Joshua, uh, the Amorites and all those guys. And so David and these guys would go on these raids, and they would pillage these, these, their enemies, and they would take their spoils. Well, and, he, and what he was doing was he'd bring those spoils back to the king of Gath. And he's making a supposed alliance with him and earning his trust. And so, and the king would even ask David, he said, so where, where have you been invading today? And David would just lie right through his teeth. Oh, I've been over in Judah, been picking on the Israelites. And, and, uh, and so the man's like, oh yeah, I love this guy. He's turned on his own people. Well, so there finally came a time for war where the Israelites and the Philistines were going to fight again. So David, so the king comes to David and he says, sure. Surely you're going to be with us today. And David says, watch and see what your man can do. David has no intention of fighting for the Philistines. David sees an opportunity to help Saul. So they line up all the men. And the lords, the Philistine lords are walking through and they're looking at the ranks, putting everybody in the right place. And they get to the back and there next to the king himself are David and his 400 men. And these Philistine lords said, why are these guys here? You know, these guys are Hebrews. And you remember that song? Remember that song that had worldwide fame? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Have you forgotten? This guy killed Goliath, who's from our hometown. And the king's like, yeah, but, but, but he, I promise you, I promise you he's with us. They said, no, he's not. And he ain't coming. So They didn't get to go to war. A missed opportunity. So David and his men, they head back to Ziklag. Now, um, this is about a 60-mile march, all right, from where they are. Ziklag is a long way away. So they go on a 60-mile march just to get back home. And as they, they, uh, off in the distance, they see smoke coming up just over the horizon. And, And so... They kind of pick up their pace to see what's going on. And when they come up on Ziklag, there it is. It's all burned with fire and all of their families are gone. They've been kidnapped. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters, and their stuff has been taken. It was a move by the Amalekites for vengeance. And so David and his men get there, and the Bible says that they, look at this, Verse 3 of 1 Samuel 30. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. 
because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. But David, but David, everybody say, but David. All right, listen, they, they have no more power to weep. They have cried all of their tears out. David becomes distressed because he's hearing all of his guys talking, and they're talking about his leadership skills, where his leadership has brought them at this point. Now, remember, they are grieving, and so sometimes you can say unreasonable things. When you're looking for answers, you will ask dumb questions or come to dumb conclusions, right? And so here they in their grief, somebody is to blame for this. And so the natural thing for them is to look to the guy, the man, the leader, and say, it's his fault, and he needs to die for this. And the Bible says he became greatly distressed. So no, 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 not only is David grief-stricken, but now he's become greatly distressed, and he spent, they just got off of a 60-mile march, completely and utterly exhausted, what do you do when you are spent like that, when you're empty? But he does something extraordinary here that, as a matter of fact, he does something that everybody in this room can do. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Well, what does that look like? What does that mean he strengthened himself in the Lord his God? My only I, the only thing I can surmise here is that David opened his mouth and said something. Psalms chapter 31, verses 1 through 3, David says, In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me. And God, down to verse 13 of that same chapter, for I hear the slander of many fears on every side while they take counsel together against me. They scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Psalm chapter 27, verses 13 and 14. This is beautiful. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. There was a few days ago, I was, uh, I don't remember where I was going, but I was getting ready to get in the shower. And I, I just had this kind of moment, uh, this wave of heavy grief hit me over the loss of my dad. And, and it, was, it was just heavy. And I felt like I was walking through mud and so I got in the shower, and as I'm actually stepping in the shower, I hear these words, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And I said, okay, I don't know what to say, but I know the Spirit does. So I reached down in me and I started to pray in the Holy Spirit. And everything 
about my physical frame was not excited about doing this. Felt like, again, I was speaking through mud. You know, I'm just, I have no, don't you love when you feel the presence of God, feel the anointing? None of that was there. Just grief, heaviness. And I just began to pray in the spirit and make my mouth do the work with no feeling there. And as I did, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds, I feel this weight start coming off, just like this. I feel things getting lighter. And in just a few minutes, it was over. And once again, I found that God remains faithful. He remains faithful. Time and time again. I felt like I could take deep breaths. And I told my wife, I said, honey, I just told her, told her what had just happened. I said, I, I heard this phrase, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And so I just began to pray in the spirit and something changed. And I hadn't been teaching my classes for several days. And y'all know that I had Alex and uh, Jeremiah fill the pulpit the last two Sundays. But I, I knew I had to be here. I knew I had to be in the house because of what this scripture says, wait on the Lord. Those who Wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. And I've told you what this word wait means, but you need to hear it again. The word wait does not mean sit around and just sit and wait. It means to actually gather together with expectation. What you're doing here in this gathering, we're not just gathering together, we're gathering with expectation. And I knew if I could just get to the house of God and wait... But something happened that day. And this past Tuesday, I walked back into class and there was no burden there in teaching. Wednesday, I did it that morning, came here Wednesday night, spoke a little bit. Thursday, Friday, it's like the grace of God has been so powerful and strong in my life that all I can do is give him praise and thanks and encourage you today encourage you today as somebody who's walking through a difficulty right now in my life, I'm telling you, you will only find your strength in the Lord your God. And there's plenty of it. There is plenty of it. He is a well that never runs dry. And another thing I keep hearing as well, besides that scripture, I can still hear my dad's voice echoing in my head. What does that matter? I'm walking by faith. What does that matter? I'm walking by faith. Come on, tell somebody. What does that matter? I'm walking by faith. Huh? What does it matter? People would ask him, oh, Dr. Holler, how you feeling? What does that matter? I'm walking by faith. Look what happens here in verse 18 of 1 Samuel 30. So David, oh, he comes to God, right? He asked Abiathar, the priest, for the, for the ephod. So he seeks the Lord and he says, he asks the Lord, Lord, shall I pursue them? And the Lord says, pursue them and you'll get everything back. Verse 18, so David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. So what happens here? David had a choice to make. 
You know, still, when you are empty and you have nothing to do, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to feel, you're just empty, you still have this incredible gift from God that's been given to you. It's called choice. David made a choice here. He could have given in. He could have thrown his hands up and said, forget it. It's over. I, my life, this is, this is not where I expected this call to take me. I am the anointed king of Israel. He could have played the blame game. He could have played the victim. But David made a choice, and that choice changed everything, not only for him, but for those who were following him. And that choice was to believe God. I would have fainted if I had not believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And you will not faint if you'll believe. In Romans chapter 4, verse 20, it says, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. Now we're talking about Abraham. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. It didn't say he strengthened his faith. It says he was strengthened in faith. And how was he strengthened in faith? Giving glory to God. Again, something was coming out of Abraham's mouth. He opened his mouth and he declared things. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Did it happen for Abraham? As God said it would? This old man... Did it happen for him? Was it worth it? Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Abraham decided he was going to go after what God had promised him. And the way he did that was he said what God said. He received that name that God gave him and called himself that name that God called him, Father of the world. So may I encourage you today while you're waiting, good things do come to those who wait. And when you're coming together with expectation, the Bible says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God's not the problem. The Word's not the problem. Right? Hmm? I had people ask me, well, we were praying for Dr. Holler, and, you know, why, why didn't he get healed? I don't have any idea. I mean, he's really healed right now. And you couldn't talk him out of there if you wanted to. I don't have any answers for that. I don't know. But I can tell you this, the Word of God doesn't fail. I can tell you that it's 100% of the time for God to heal all. Jesus paid too high a price for us to know anything else. That by his stripes we're healed. I still believe that today. Just because I didn't see it happen in a certain circumstance, especially to somebody who I dearly love and admire. But what does that matter? I'm walking by faith. What does that matter? You need to walk by faith. All right? Here's what we do know. I'm not going to focus on what I don't know. Those things that have not been revealed to me. I believe God. I trust him. Amen? Amen. Hope is the joyful and confident expectation of good. If you, if you are taking notes, write that down. That is really good. 
Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. That is the joyful and confident expectation of good. Hold fast the confession of our hope, not our fears. The confession of our hope, not our troubles. Hmm? But what is our hope? That God is able and God will keep his promises. He is faithful to do it time and time again. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Because those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Hmm? They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this seed that has been scattered abroad today. And I pray, God, that it will root down in hearts and lives today. Because your, your, this seed of your word, God, may it produce some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Thank you for it, Lord. Jesus said the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Lord, I thank you for comforting those today who are mourning, for strengthening those who are weak. Lord, for renewing hope to those who have lost it. Thank you right now that you are here by your spirit and you have everything that we need. And you know the way through. You know the way that they can't that, that they don't know. You see the way that they don't see because you are the way. So I thank you, Lord, for wisdom from heaven, God. I thank you, Lord, for, for binding up the brokenhearted today. I thank you, Lord, for setting the captives free right now in this moment by your power and by your truth. Thank you, Lord, that your spirit is in us, meaning that anything is possible because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That means he has power for every trouble that we face, every situation. Thank you, Lord, right now for healing even Jesus' name. If you're here today and you need healing in your body, I want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Your word says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction. Hallelujah. Thank you right now in Jesus' name for the healing power of God to invade these bodies and to remove every form of sickness, disease, pain, infirmity, weakness. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. You sent your word and you healed them and you delivered them from their destruction in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 